We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhash, and uh, you guys are in for a treat. It's the dream team. We've got Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. What is up, guys? Nothing, man. Feels like it's been too long since we've been here. For real, it seems like it's been forever. Wow, you guys are just like dripping with emotion right now. I'm brimming with excitement. I just like every single week that we've done this together so far, Dusty's always like, nothing i'm doing nothing so i'm like i don't know what to say after that sorry i'll let you lead from now on uh apparently my excitement is dragging everyone down i apologize yeah i know i lead it off with the dream team and you guys are like whoa i'm doing good <laughs> what you're bringing expectations up we're trying to bring them down and we just want to meet in the middle steve you just temper temper buddy temper I'm sorry that I'm excited about the Packers in February. What can I say, Dusty? Apology I mean, accepted. There is there is so much going on right now. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's so many things we could talk about. We could go for two hours today. Two oh, full hours. Oh yeah, we yeah. totally could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we're going to start today, it uh, it's come out that the analytics side of the world is going to be coming to the Green Bay Packers. It's something that. Um, I wouldn't say was heavily leaned on with the Mike McCarthy era. Um, it was there. It was present, but I don't think, I think it's going to be um, involved a little bit more. So it's um, there was an article written by Pete Doherty 
um, today uh, discussing how the Packers are not going to have a let me get you straight a game management coach. So they they're gonna you know rely on the guys they have to help you know do these things, and it's not a huge thing that's prevalent in the NFL right now. There's a couple teams that have it, um, but for you guys, you, you read the article. Mm-hmm. Tell me your initial thoughts on the fact that the Packers aren't going to bring in a coach. They're going to rely on their first year head coach to do all of this, you know, critical analytical thinking on the fly. I mean, I kind of love it. Uh, You know, you talk to the analytics department that's there is one that's still in place from the McCarthy era, which as near as I can tell, the only advice McCarthy took from them was just take timeouts before the end of the half on defense. So the other team can score, which was not, not great. (laughs) Not Barrett used to work. <laughs> it worked like two times. Just, I feel just like, like his like his <laughs> offense. It used to work in like twenty ten. Yeah, it worked two times for him. And he's like, you know, I'm just gonna keep doing it, man. It's bound to pay off. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think um, we were kind of talking about it for the show here, but I what I really found interesting is less uh, kind of less what they're doing and kind of more why they're doing it. Kind of the thought process behind it all and kind of how they're going about it. Which is, I mean, you talked about the analytics department. Lafleur talks about that which was something I loved. Uh, we said, you know, numbers are great. They don't tell the whole story. You're kind of marrying these analytics, you know, kind of when do you go for it? Uh, these, these different kind of yardage situations. What are you kind of looking at? What are you doing uh, versus what your team is capable of and what the defense can do and kind of how prepared you are for those things. So, I mean, they talked about one of my favorite things is they're just going to have Gutekunst like every practice, just, just throw out a random scenario and go, okay, here's the scenario. You guys got to deal with it to, it, it, to kind of just get them prepped for every single scenario they can think of. So it's, it's, you know, it's on the fly. Obviously, it's happening during a game, but it's something that not only have you thought of in the past, you've also run through, and you're going through as much as many of these random scenarios as you possibly can. So, uh, I, I I see, I can understand the need for kind of a game management coach. I get it, but at the same time, it sounds like the plan they have in place. I I, I like the idea behind it. Um, I, I I'm very curious to see where they go with it or how it works out. I guess. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm totally okay with them not hiring a game management coach. And like in the article it was saying, there's only a few teams that have actually, you know, brought someone in for that position. And then the teams were the Rams, the Panthers, the Bucks, <laughs> and the Falcons. So besides <laughs> the Rams, it's like there's not much promise there. So is it really that necessary? I don't think so, at least right now. And like you were saying, Dusty, it really seems like um, at least being in a system where they're actually running through the scenarios, I think that will just that will be very beneficial to them, and I think it'll work. And I'm interested to see what happens with it. Yeah, I was very interested to to see that Gudekunst is going to be the one coming yeah. up with scenarios. Like, like yeah, I, where the hell does that come from? Like, why is the GM coming up with the is that in his scenario? job description now? Like, apparently that's in his silo of information. He's also you know? got to bring LaFleur coffee. It's a weird setup, man. <laughs> it's a real weird setup. I wonder, yeah, if that's in the contracts now that you know Gudekunst has to bring him a, a fresh cup of Starbucks coffee every morning, <laughs> as well as a in-game scenario. Um, written on a post-it note. <laughs> I, I, I kind of dug it. Uh, like, it is it is weird, but to me it kind of was almost a, uh, these guys are, you know, both younger guys are going to be, you know, hopefully working together for a very long time. Kind of getting that relationship going is kind of, that That seems like that's kind of a kind of a game. Like, it, for, for Gudekunst, it can also kind of work as a, 
kind of, not necessarily judging him, but kind of seeing what his reactions will be, yeah. kind of seeing how he'll do. Like, well, if if they face this kind of situation, you're kind of testing him, but they can also have a little fun with it. To me, it seemed like kind of a maybe a way to. Uh, make sure that that bond is strong to kind of strengthen that relationship since those guys are going to be working very closely together. That did the when I read the article that that took me aback. I was like, wait, Gudikins the the GM? Like, is there another Brian Gudikins on the team? Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I kind of dug it. I like it. It's like it's a cool idea. Yeah, the fact that he's doing it is very interesting. But I think it might be good, like you said, and that way, I mean, everyone that's in the organization that's going to be working close together, they're going to know exactly what's going on with who and at what time. So maybe that's just a little bit of a technique also to kind of build, like you said, that relationship, but just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Cause we saw this year, that was a thing that not necessarily happened all the time. So maybe if this is a technique to help everybody get on the same page, then I'm interested to see what it, what it does. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to check with uh, Doherty because when I was in high school, there was a Nicole A. Peters and a Nicole M. Peters. So maybe we have to double check that it's not it's Brian, you know, the GM Brian A. Gutekunst as opposed to you know random Brian D. Gutekunst, like Brian Brian with a Y or something. Yeah, the actual yeah. it says GM Brian Gutekunst, but it turns out okay. GM is the dude's first name, <laughs> and, and Brian is the middle name. I'm not ruling See, any of these scenarios out. <laughs> Not only do you get awesome information from us, but you get um, just crackpot theories yeah. of how, how these crack things work. Crackpot? Steve, I came up with that in the past 30 seconds. That is a well-founded theory. How dare you, sir? And, uh, I, I, I like to cut you down every once in a while. Appreciate you, that, you, brother. You know, you're, you're writing for Cheesehead TV. I got to cut <laughs> you down a little bit here and make sure you're not uh, getting too big for your bridges. You told me I was boring legitimately like opening line of the show, so... You're doing a good job, is my point. Are, are you know. really arguing with me on that point? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> uh, turning over to some free agency potential um, names that have been linked with the Packers. Uh, did you guys see this story about Landon Collins today? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all right. So for those of you uh, who did not see, Landon Collins, there was a report, the safety from the New York Giants, um, Josina Anderson came out and said that she had heard that he had cleared out his locker um, and taken everything out of there. And then there was conflicting reports on Twitter and it was like breaking news, like Landon Collins has not cleared out his locker. He has not cleared out his locker, like twice in the same tweet. I thought that was very strange. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Landon Collins replies to that tweet saying, anything I left in there, I don't need. And then and then put a 100 behind it. So <laughs> outstanding. Like every great, great content. Yeah, right that's there. Some great social media stuff there. Um, it's what do you guys think? The safety class appears to be pretty deep. We haven't seen franchise tags come into play yet. Yeah. But it appears to be that the safety class is going to be deep. What are your guys' thoughts on Landon Collins wearing green and gold? I don't know that I love it. I think I talked about him a couple weeks ago. Like he, I, I can see him as like a stopgap uh, guy. I've kind of started watching him just a little bit today, uh, just to kind of see. And I've had passing familiarity with him. He seems fine, uh, but there are large holes in his game. I, I think based on kind of how the safety position has gone, I don't think he's going to command big money anyway. It'd make me nervous if they paid out a lot of money for him. If they gave him like a reasonable three-year deal or something, and then you know try to draft someone to bring along or an eye on something else, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't think 
I don't think I'd feel great if they're like, hey, here's our star safety, Landon Collins, and now he's making $12 million a year. Yeah. I, I don't like that a bit. I, I mean, you know, $12 million is probably high for what he's going to get, but I don't like that. I think he's I think he's fine. I think if they sign him, I probably would not be upset, but I also wouldn't be over the moon, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like either way, like if they didn't sign him, I wouldn't be like, oh, I really wish we would have done yeah. that, <laughs> and vice versa. Um, I don't know. It just kind of seems like it's like he's – pulling some antics right now so i'm like do we really need someone like that which i will talk about more in a little bit with a certain someone um and i don't know like i said like i said i just wouldn't be like i don't i'm indifferent about it like we sign them great that's someone that you know could help us out if we don't then whatever my feelings aren't going to be hurt Okay, I, I'm not really sure I love this dynamic where it's like the two of you versus me. Um, I, love, I love it. I'm sure you do. I'm <laughs> sure you do. Um, so, yeah, what what they were referring to was I have, I have turned the page. I have decided that I am all on board on bringing Antonio Brown to the Green Bay Packers. I want them to trade for him. Um, I don't want it to be their first-round pick, but if they have to do a second or a third I think I, I'm sold on that. Um, and I, we were discussing pre-show on how they felt on everything. So I'm going to let you guys lead off and tear into me and tell me why I'm wrong. And then I'll tell you all while you're stupid. So we talked about this before. I think, uh, Sarah, I'm going low. You're going high. I feel like cause the, that's how we're hitting Steve. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've been talking that's first. Break some legs, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, I've been going first a lot. Sarah, why don't you, why don't you lead off this conversation? I mean, talent-wise, do I want someone like Antonio Brown on the Packers? Absolutely. But, like, personality and just everything else, not so much. Um, I just don't think it would be the best idea, especially with a first-year coach or like our, that we have, to bring mm-hmm. in someone that is just kind of being a clown right now with the media. He's saying he doesn't want this in a team. He doesn't want that. He totally bad-mouthed his last organization. So it's just kind of like, I'm over it at this point. I think he's extremely talented and would love someone of that caliber to be on the roster, but I don't know. It's high risk, high reward. And I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk. So this is going to be fun. Actually, Sarah's very negative. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle and then Steve's Steve's all in. Um, I think, I mean, all the stuff Sarah said is true. I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously, I've I've got him as the best wide receiver in the league. Even if you don't have him there, he's certainly top two or three. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Really, it's like what Julio and uh, DeAndre Hopkins are probably the only other two guys who who you might put above him. But I've got AB above those guys. He works hard. Um, you know, not obviously not a big frame. Uh, so he is thirty, but that that should hold up for a while, I think. So the skill's going to be there, uh, and you know what you're getting with him. Yeah, just some of the way he's been acting is, is throwing me a little bit. It's the, it's not just how he's acted on his way out the door, um, which he's not technically out the door yet. He's still with the yeah. team. They still haven't done anything yet. He's just my favorite was the. Uh, <laughs> well, they can't, they can't trade him yet. Um, they can't. They can't trade him yet. They can't trade him yet. It sounds like they're probably going to. That's the way they're leaning. But he's the fact that he's still there and he tweeted his goodbye to Pittsburgh was like one of my favorite things. He's like, yeah. see you guys later. Like, you're still... He's like, bye. Thank you so much, still... city. I was like, what? Like, you're and then... still technically employed by them, you understand? <laughs> I just get, like, total, like, 
LeVar Ball vibes from him. Like, the way that he's, like, tweeting right now. Like, he's like, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. I, I deserve Sweet this, this, and this. Jesus. And I'm like... Really? <laughs> Pull LeVar Ball out of this? Like I'm it. sorry. Antonio just... Brown is at the top of his game. LeVar Ball is a horrible father. <laughs> no, I'm not saying... I'm saying with all the antics. Like, that's the vibe that I'm getting. I'm like... Oh. Just bring it down. Like you're up here, and everybody else is down here. Like we get it. You can take and, it down. A, you, he could take it down a couple notches and still yeah, be and making like, his point. Obviously, like yeah. he's super talented, and every team that feels like they could go after him is going to go after him. But just like I just feel like it's so unnecessary to act the way that he is currently. Yeah, and I mean you don't, and and part of that is I mean you don't know. You don't know how that that goes over to the locker room because I mean, really, with some of the stories coming out of the Pittsburgh locker room, you got guys who seem like they're done with them. They seem they're fed like they're fed up with them. Uh, but I also talk about how hard of a worker he is, and also that Pittsburgh locker room. Good God, that yeah. that Pittsburgh locker room seems like a total mess. And one of my favorite things, <laughs> my favorite things was uh, I, I can't I don't remember if he finished this. He said he was going to answer ten questions on Twitter, and he answered five. And one of them was just basically bad mouthing Ben Roethlisberger for all the things everyone has been bad mouthing Ben Roethlisberger for for years, but no in the locker room was that. I thought that was tremendous. I just absolutely <laughs> adored that. I think it's Ben Roethlisberger, bad person, bad bad person. But I mean, you've got you've got some of that stuff. And you don't know how to read the locker room, but you also had was it before this past season when he was throwing crap out of his balcony and almost hit like a two year old kid like five stories below? Like that stuff's just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing here? It's I I get it. I I get the talent, and that, I'm that's why I'm kind of in the middle. Having him on the team, you look at how that offense would look would just be tremendous. It'd be unstoppable. Just be it would be amazing. But you've also got a you know a young GM, a first year head coach. Uh, you know some some strong pot some some strong personalities in the locker room already, and then throwing Antonio Brown in into all of this mix after this off season. I don't know, man. Like it seems like like you said, high risk, high reward. It seems like things could go real, real bad, real quick, or everything could just hum along perfectly because no one was apparently Pittsburgh's just a terrible locker room, and he just wanted to get out. Like it's it's tough to know, man. I'm I'm in the middle. If they get him, I'm going to be drooling over that offense. I'm going to be scared. Um, I'm not going to be super mad about it, but I am going to be a little worried. Okay, so I just want to get this all straight and lined up. Sarah thinks he's a he's acting out and shouldn't be, and you don't want anybody who acts out. And Dusty's just kind of lukewarm on it because he's he, he well, the locker room is is a bad play. He's he might be bad for the locker room, but the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room might be bad. Also, almost killed a child, Steve. Don't forget the almost kill the child portion because I feel like that's big. Okay. I feel like that's big and that's relevant. A child. He was like two years old, Steve. Okay. I, so a child. I will. A child. <laughs> In the parlance of our times. I, I, on that story, I have to plead the fifth. I haven't read. I didn't know about that. I haven't read that part. I will do my research after this podcast. All those things being said, Aaron Rodgers, how old is he? Roughly late, mid to late 30s. 35, I think 35, turning 35, 30, 36. Yeah. Um, windows closing. It is absolutely closing. And I know everybody says, hey, Tony Brown's 30 years old. Well, that gives him and Aaron Rodgers a pretty good window to work together. And I'm sorry. It is the time to load up and give him every possible weapon that you have. I love 
EQ. I love MVS. Don't compare at all to Antonio Brown. No. If you can go out no, and get yeah. the number one, number two, or number three wide receiver, however you rank him, for a second or a third round pick, that's just you're stupid if you don't if you don't. Because this is all about winning winning football games. Kareem Hunt already got a job again. And you're telling me you don't like Antonio Brown because he's out there and he's tweeting and things like that. I'm sorry, in today's football, you're not gonna get your point across if you like if he just came out and was like, you know what, I'd like to be traded. Um I think, you know, my time has run out in Pittsburgh. I, I think I've reached the end, and um, I'd like to be traded. That wouldn't be a story. He would be, he would be la- like, they, he would be a joke among social media. But now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about where he's going to go because he actually came out and did it. So, I mean, for me, I think he he's smart in his the way he's going about things because – he is forcing – he doesn't want to be in Pittsburgh. He's forcing his way out. And I'm sorry for the, the people that say Ben Roethlisberger, like, you know, well, you know, he said bad things about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sorry. Ben Roethlisberger is a horrible person. <laughs> he is a horrible – so say whatever you want about Ben Roethlisberger because he is just a despicable human being. So, for me, the price is absolutely worth it if you can get him for a second or a third-round pick. You, you line him up with – with Tay, I mean, you have the you have the best wide receiver group, hands down. It's not close. And then all of a sudden, you've got Geronimo as your number three. You've got um, EQ and MVS lining up against your fifth, your fourth and fifth cornerbacks. Like to burn down. Like, I'm sorry. This is like to me, Gutekunst has got to go out and make a bold, a bold choice and do something that Ted Thompson wouldn't do. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. Brown ghosted his team in Week Seven during a playoff hunt game. Correct? I, correct. I I, I'm, it sounds like you know the answer to that. And you're no, I'm to... I'm I, like I believe that's what happened. I'm, I I've not read about it in a while. But there's a whole thing like maybe there's an injury. Like no, I think Ben Roethlisberger pissed him off and he took off and then no one saw him for the rest of the season and then ended up making the playoffs. But that was a week. That was a must-win game that he ghosted his team for that no one could get in contact with him for like two or three days prior to a week 17 game that they needed to win to have a chance at the playoffs that he just decided to not only not show up for, but also not respond to any messages on like it's stuff like, like it's not just the way he's acting now. Like that stuff is troublesome to me. And I know that he says he's got a good relationship with Juju Smith-Schuster. And this is not about touches. And yeah, that's probably true. But how is he going to feel if, if Devontae is the number one? If we're saying Devontae is still the number one, which I believe is the case. How is he going to feel about splitting touches? I'm saying in this offense. I'm not saying he's... I saw your face. I'm not saying he's a, that Devontae is a better receiver. But what <laughs> I, I am saying... Number one. I was like, Ooh, really? I'm saying he's number one. He's number one currently in that offense. And he's number one in Aaron Rodgers' heart. And in his progressions, because we know about Rodgers' trust stuff. So Brown's going to come in, second banana, in an offense where he just had a whole <laughs> offense blowing up. Banana. Yeah, second banana. I've never heard of that. Well, it's a thing. I can assure you it's a <laughs> Where is it a thing? It's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, a, I mean, that was a basketball thing. And it wasn't Pippin second banana to Jordan. Right? <laughs> you guys are... You guys this are is crazy. A, this is like a dustiness. Like, you mean second fiddle? No, I mean second banana. 
The second mo- I'm looking like it up. Banana, I think of like Mario Kart when there they like, is... slip on the bananas. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, maybe that's where it came from. There's the origin, Sarah. I'm looking at it right now. Dictionary.com says uh, it defines second banana as uh, the, the second most important person in an organization or activity. It's a phrase. And you guys legitimately have tears in your eyes. I swear to God, this is a thing. This is weird that this is what derailed us. It's a second. I want, like, you know, when you like go to listen to the podcast and it says like episode like whatever and then it, it says like the typical topic i want it to be episode whatever this episode is and then second banana second banana that's this needs to be the title of this episode it says uh, yeah second banana pajamas yeah what do you wait what do you guys what are you guys talking about uh, all right well i'll try to get this back on track here anyway so, i'm, I'm saying my whole thing is splitting time with coming in yeah that oh, seems no. that could be an that could be an issue. Is my it was my point is if Devontae's the number one, Brown is the number two within that offense, and he's splitting touches, he's going to get less touches likely than he ever ever has, less targets than he ever has in his career. How does he react to that? Legitimately, don't know. I there's no answer to that question. I just yeah, legitimately don't know. Has how he, he ever been in that situation before where it's like, oh, I, think, well, I mean he was, he was a little bit with Juju, but like yeah, he was a fifth round pick. He's been through this before. He wants his money. That well, is his I thing. think, and I've, I looked this up, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think if you look at Devontae's targets from this past year versus Antonio Brown's career, like this is the third lowest targets of Antonio Brown's career is what Devontae got this year. Like it, it's just his volume has been insane. And I, I, that's the thing. I, I, I legitimately don't know. It's just a question I'm posing that concerns me given the events of this offseason. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. I cut you off. No, that's fine. It's I just... am your second or third banana. You continue. <laughs> this this is my my thought process. We just went through an awful season. The Packers were not good. Offense wasn't good. And you have a chance to get to to have two top five receivers on your offense for a notably lesser price than you normally would. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. Like, this – Rodgers' time is running out. I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady that will be playing until he's 45 years old. I think maybe 40, you know, could be about the limit. And the guy's got things, other things he wants to do. So, for me, it makes all the sense in the world to just load up, get him the – have two stud-wide receivers on the outside – be able to put, you know, move anybody on, move them all around because they both can play from, like, Tay can play from the slot, Brown can play from the slot, move those guys around. That opens things up for Aaron Jones. That opens things up for Jimmy Graham. Like, it's the capabilities of that offense. I think you just, you bring him in and you figure it out. And you know what? I know somebody, I, I think Sarah said, what, you know, this is our first year head coach. You don't want to put that on him. If a head coach can't handle this, then I think you've got the wrong head coach. I, all your points, Steve, make sense, and that's what I'm talking myself into. But they make sense from a like a make sense from a Madden perspective or Stratomatic if you're feeling nasty. It's it's a if you can plug and play a player and just based on his skill set and his talent set alone, all of those make perfect sense. But there's so much more at play, and if one player could potentially has the ability to nuke a locker room. Is that something you want to introduce? Like, that's just, again, There's I don't think there's an answer because you don't know how he's going to react. I do think it is telling that he's been 
more or less fine until this past year. I think he was just fed up. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, there's the thing from earlier this offseason where I think an ex-Bear scout was like, yeah, this is why Antonio Brown was a sixth-round pick because of his character yeah. issues. Like, yeah. dude's had a Hall of Fame career. This is just, I don't want to spend time on it because it's one of the dumbest takes I've ever, ever seen. <laughs> but the fact that this, that's the one thing I'm talking myself into is that this is not something that's been a constant throughout his career. This is something that has reared its head in the past year. And now that it's kind of out, and like you said, maybe he's just forcing himself out of town. Maybe he's playing a part. There's no way to know that. And if that's the case, man, it's fine. Everything's going to work out perfectly. But there's no way to know that. There's no, And what happens if he gets, you know, he injures himself at age 32 and everything kind of declines, but he's still on the hook for another two years. And then he starts getting a little, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you're, you're not playing for this year. You know, realistically, you've got like a three to four year window at this point to, to your point, Steve, can, can you hold it together for that long? And I think, again, there's no way to know. I want to believe yet. There's just no way to know. Of course, there's no way to know about anything in the NFL. I mean, it was sports in general. John, John Wall fell and slipped and tore his ACL. Like, crazy things happen all the time. I just, it's it, to me, it's one of these things. Like, you can you can sit here and you can, um, you can do the the wait and see. Like, oh well, we can wait and see. Hopefully, the the wide receivers we drafted in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, those guys turn out to be something good. Or we can wait and see, and hopefully this offense will turn into something good, or the defense in year two will be good. You can wait and see all you want. Or you can actually go out and do something about it, like the Rams did and got themselves to the Super Bowl. They went out and they made moves that impacted their roster immediately, and that's what this does. This immediately makes them a... You can see the hesitance that me and Sarah have, though, right? Like, you can see our point as far as the concerns. Like, there are are still, like, I I understand what you're saying, but you still have concerns, right? There's a character concern, for sure. But, I mean, the character concerns don't worry me as much as the performance. It's just what, I mean, it's the, the way sports works today, like, if you're very, very talented, you can get away with things. Um, I mean, Greg Hardy got extra opportunities in the NFL when there's no way in hell he should have. Yeah, he because he's a talent. Have. Because he was talented. So yeah, that's, that, that's if you're <laughs> if you're saying Antonio Brown should get a job because Greg Hardy got one. Guess what, Steve? You lost. You just lost no, this no. whole argument. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying the comparison is I understand. Those, I, you can you can hear my daughter I, knocking on the door right now. I can. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, don't talk about Greg Hardy. But, <laughs> no, but the point the point is all the same. Same thing with Kareem Hunt. Same with he doesn't have those type of character issues. I'm completely fine with bringing him in and and letting that offense go to town because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that long that everybody thinks he does. And if you want to capitalize and get another Super Bowl, you need to surround him with way more talent than you currently do. That's true. That it, it is true. Yeah, that you I mean, I talent, see yes. your point a hundred percent. I just like Dusty said, I have some concerns. You have some concerns. Yeah. Okay. Many concerns. I have many, many concerns. Many concerns. Yes. Wow. But his talent's so good, it's making me try to overlook him. 
I think that's what it is. There is the talent. Yeah, it's like there's... I really want to like want him to come to the Packers, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. his talent right now is going second banana to his character <laughs> issues. So <laughs> that was good. That was good. Look at you guys learning. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh God, that's so that's so good. That's so good. Second banana. I can't. Uh... I know. I'm literally going to use that in like my everyday vocabulary now. <laughs> I can't believe you guys have ever. I want. I want. If you guys use this, Sarah, if you use this, because you're a young person, if you use this, I want you to let me know how people react to it. Because I swear to God, this is a thing. Um, I will. I, I will let you know. See if their would, reaction is how you guys react. We should to do me. like a Twitter poll after this and be like, so "Oh yeah, you know sure. what secondary banana is." So. It's, it's second. It's not secondary. Sorry. It's... Sorry. <laughs> And I, I, we're going to need to do some hashtags with this as well. Hashtag second banana. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely going to come into play. But All right, I'll put I'll put one up right after the show because I I can't believe that everyone's going to react the same way you two reacted to me in unison. Never seen anything <laughs> like that before. I have never heard the term <laughs> second banana. I love it though. Like yeah, I'm totally good. I'm totally about it. Like I'm going to way funnier than second fiddle. Like you're way you're funnier. welcome. You're welcome. And all I think of is Arrested Development and the banana stand. And I mean, <laughs> always money in the banana stand, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys, we were going to do a little bit of draft talk, but um, shockingly, the Antonio Brown stuff took us a little bit further than we thought. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Who pretends to be shocked? Because apparently, you guys have morals, <laughs> and I have none. Uh, that, I think that's the overwhelming take. Did your daughter was your daughter still at the door? Did she hear you say that out loud to her face about the morals, Steve? Dude, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, whenever I record, I lock the door okay, so she can't smart. get in. I, I just heard smart. the door. I heard the door jiggling and knocking <laughs> on the door. I'm sure you guys did too. So, <laughs> all right. So we, we're all aware Sarah is not the smartest person and doesn't want Antonio Brown on the Packers. <laughs> Wow! Dusty, personal Dusty, jabs now. Dusty's in the middle. He's playing second banana and not doing anything. Moderate, yeah, kind of, kind of moderately. I think I feel like I swayed him a little bit, but we'll. Moderate. I thought you were going to say modern banana, and I was like, Mod- no. <laughs> but- that's a, that's a thing too. Actually, that's that's not a thing. But now I want it to be one. I'm intrigued to see what a modern banana. I am be. a I'm a modern banana about town. You know, you know what they say. Do we though? <laughs> Do we know? I'm not going to lie, the Pack a Day podcast has taken a weird turn tonight. <laughs> things, things have gotten weird, yeah. I lots apologize. Of, lots of banana talk. Um, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully you guys have all, uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say on the on the Antonio Brown front, because obviously we are all have conflicting opinions, but yeah, I'd love it. We'd love to hear. So guys, you want to throw your Twitters out there so everybody can, uh, your handles out so everybody can. Tell us how dumb and wrong we are. Yeah, I'm um, at Dusty Evely. Yep, and I'm at Sarah Kelleher 4. All right, and at Steve Perhatch. So, yeah, please feel free to comment and let us know. Um, Also, hit up the poll and let us know if you've heard (laughs) of Second Banana before. Uh, uh, Because we're all very intrigued to hear that. I'll make sure. Yeah, we need your feedback. Yeah, I'll have it up for a couple days so everyone can has a chance to listen to this and weigh in. Yeah, we'll get some retweets on going on that one. And yeah, second banana. We we need to know. We need to get to the bottom of this. So, I think you guys are wrong. I feel like it's going to be overwhelmingly that people know what second banana is. Ooh. Is my feeling. That's my. I'm so calling my shot. What if like 
you tweet it and I tweet it because maybe it's like a that's, demographic thing. That's like, smart. Yeah, I think I think that's really that's good. That's cool. Too. So I don't I don't get to tweet it, Sarah. Let me. Well, you can. can. I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> This is again you and Dusty pairing up against me. Like, oh, Dusty, you tweet it and then I'll tweet it. And we'll see what our our followers say. Yeah, and then yeah, it's we cool. just pretend. Cool. That, I get it. We pretend that Steve doesn't exist, like we talked about earlier, Sarah. He's yeah, second we'll banana do right now. Second. So no, I'm like third banana. He's third banana. Yeah, he's third banana. You have to. I don't keep know up, if that's Sarah. a thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, I swear that was like a, that was a Scotty Pippen thing. That's when I learned about it. It was Scotty Pippen with the Bulls. He was second banana to Jordan. I mean, that's, you're right, it's, but it's a thing. So, okay. okay. You know what? The people will decide. The people will yeah. decide whether it's a thing or whether I'm crazy. I'm gonna say it's more fifty fifty than like than you think. Mm, no, nah, man. I think it's seventy five twenty five. I'm going heavy into second banana. Right, was... Would you Would you like to make a uh, alcoholic beverage bet on this? Yeah, Steve. All right. So if it's closer to seventy five, then I will send you a bottle of something. If it's closer to fifty, you send me something from uh, from where you're. Yeah, some good stuff. Yes, sir. Okay. Done like and it. done. Sarah, do you want to you want in on this? We got to get her really fancy water. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. You can get me like Voss oh. or something really fancy. Glass bottle, yes. So if you lose, you owe us like thirty, forty dollar bottles of booze. And if we if you win, then we will each send you a she two dollar bottle of she water. Can't legally buy booze. Ah! Dude. That's the problem. I want to try her fancy water though. She can Venmo us money. <laughs> that's right. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. Kids yeah, do. it is. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I said it right. <laughs> okay, I think well that'll that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, feel free to hit us up with your uh, second banana and Antonio Brown stories. We would love to hear them. But for Sarah and Dusty, I am Steve. Uh, tune in next week or two weeks from now. Hear us again, and uh, as always, go pack, go. From the sixteen of New York. First down, goal to go. Rodgers in the shotgun. Williams to his left. Here's the snap. Rodgers clean pocket. Throws the middle of the end. And a dagger. They beat Morris Playboard. To the back line of the end zone. The Packers have won it. Snap to Wild. Oh, yes. And taken by Jackson in the end zone. For a touchdown. Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison. Josh Jackson, the Recovers in the end zone in a Lambo lead to the north end zone stand. The Packers have a 6 nothing lead. Pepper on third down and three in the shotgun. Packers showing a blitz and here they come. Pepper looking. Hit as he throws it. Deep down the right sideline. And intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side. Z Brown makes the catch. Oh, he reached back to gather it in. Using all 6'5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds. Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap, Ryan, looks right, close, right down, intercepted to the house, Bishop Freeland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7.
seven Packers. And Rodgers looks it over. Takes the snap. Blitz on. They pick it up. Lofty they got him. They got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers. He ducks it under center. From the 29 in Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big